Scotty, 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 you know that there's like a kid's song, like the wheels on the bus go round oh, and round. John, having had uh, six children around, then you can imagine how many times that song has been sung in my car or in my house. It's like, um, I think, yeah, I should have bought shares in that song. Well, I'm, I'm trying to use that as a, as a mnemonic to, or not a, whatever, as a reminder to, uh, to, to check to see if the numbers on the recorder are going up and hopefully not down, <laughs> up and not down, <laughs> up and not down. I want to avoid Scotty's big frown when he realized I didn't record. John, that is possibly one of the worst things I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, it's a good thing I spent zero time thinking about it. Just out it came. <laughs> so. We'll get the band, the house band, to do a backing track for you, shall we? <laughs> yes, the house band consists of Sam pressing the delete key. <laughs> <laughs> that would be about the best thing he could do with it. <laughs> oh, so, um, obviously you've not had a very busy week then if you've been making up songs. No, no, it just came out like that. It just out it flowed. I mean, that was, that was just your natural ability. Com- Complete natural disability, I would say. <laughs> that so. explains an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so what have you been up to this week? Anything, anything uh, interesting for the uh, the listener? Um, <laughs> the listener, uh, somewhat a, a lot of catch up. There's, there's, uh, which is better than mayonnaise, uh, but not as good as mustard. Uh, but. Um, no, there's there's a new project that that I, it's it's not super exciting. It's not something I can kind of talk about yet, um, but it's like one of those things where there's going to be there's a requirement that's coming up, and sometimes you say, okay, well, it only has to do this, and this will probably not be a one off per se, but you know, for a limited uh, a limited set of use cases. But then, as we dug deeper into it, it's like, no, once it happens, there's gonna there's gonna be more requirements quite like it, and we better spend some time thinking about how to make sure it scales properly. And in the process of doing a little research yesterday, I once again reaffirmed my love of stack views because stack views when they work. And and most often they do. They just save your buttock um, because it's just so easy. And um, I know that's probably not new news, but uh, if, if, I think that once again we should like you know uh, lay a bowl of fruit and light some incense and burn candles for Kevin Lynch, who I think is the father of stack views, or if not, he's the one who directed somebody to be the father. Well, you're, you're going to love Swift UI then, aren't you? Because I mean, this, the stack. Well, view, that, I mean, maybe not the stack view we have now, but stacks of uh, you know. Uh, right. is, is the core principle of building the UI, basically in Swift UI. Exactly, and that's exactly what I was thinking about. And, and what it was also making me think is that, you know, programming languages and APIs come and go, but but a mental model is the stuff. The ability to have a, a mental model is, is what takes time to, to, to get right, I think. Um, and once you can imagine how something should work, and, and, and it's also one of those cases where, you can develop a mental model for how how software animations or presentations of data can come as easily from seeing how curtains in a theater work or how scenes work and, and scrims and, and set design and so on and so forth. To me, that's like you would you would do better to, to spend a week understanding how that works than the the, the intricacies of, of a particular API because it just gives you an idea about how something should work. And then once you have that very firm, implementing in a particular language or API is a lot easier. Yes. Well, it's. I mean, talking to SwiftUI, we've obviously had another beta this week of um, uh, Catalina and Xcode come out. Um, 
brought those down pretty quickly in a look and it seems like it's almost uh yeah i haven't got that far into it yet but even sort of like taking a bit of a a little step backwards in the second beta um uh there's a whole bunch of stuff if you look at the differences that are not that may have been introduced but are not available on mac os yet so our you know our ability to evaluate uh the the routes we want to take right now is uh is frustrating i mean realistically we're not expecting to have any clear idea of the state of play on things it's probably about beta 4 really then by but it's hoping for a few signals because you know we've got um, as we sharing last week, you know, Swift UI looks great for doing cross-platform or, or you know, similar UI stuff or flexible stuff across the platforms. Equally, you've got Catalyst, which can allow the iPad and the um, and the Mac to work together. But Swift UI doesn't work in Catalyst, um, and so currently it's reported as a known issue in the release notes. So that suggests that. They're looking to get Swift UI working in Catalyst, but there's no commitment to that yet. So for people in a position like us, sort of uh, undertaking new stuff and major new commitments, you know, we're we're sitting here scratching our heads, not knowing which way to go half the time. Fortunately, there's a whole bunch of other stuff to work out, like how multiple windows work on iOS and everything to to do that. So it's not like we're sat scratching our heads and doing nothing, but you know, it's it's frustrating. I I was really hoping that we could have a nice clear picture of yep, this is the best way forward right now. Um, you know, just writing stuff in straight app kit uh doesn't feel like the right way to go at the moment, although it may end up being the way we have to if none of this stuff gets good enough. But yeah. So it's been a it's been a frustrating week. Every day we sit down and we say, Are we doing the right thing? Don't know, let's wait till see what happens next. <laughs> uh, it just creates a little bit of uncertainty. And I don't like uncertainty. No. Well, Scotty, somebody was sarcastic on the internet the other day. Really? Um, so I, I need to report, yes. Cause, I, must uh, have, I must have missed that. <laughs> he, was on, he, he was John Gruber on Daring Fireball, who he was basically you know, reacting to the, the breathless announcement from Twitter that they're bringing a full Mac OS client you know, through the glory of... of, of <laughs> Of of catalyst or you know catalyst is it catalyst or marsman? I can never keep up with it. No, it's catalyst. Catalyst is the official name right. of it now. I think. Oh no, actually, it is because Craig. Uh, I think Craig said on stage internally we've called it Project Catalyst, but that wasn't like the marketing name for it. And I can't remember seeing Catalyst written down anywhere i mean it's basically called ui kit for mac right it's i think the official name mui kit anyway so and what he was saying is like wow resizable windows copy and paste drag and drop i've seen the future it's here (laughs) yeah yeah it's um i mean we've been we've been doing experiments and playing and immediately you realize that um you're you know, it, it it works a little bit both ways. That um, we're having a discussion uh, a little bit today about well, if we choose to use Catalyst or UI Kit for Mac, or we'll eventually settle on what we're going to call it. See, we can't even settle on what calling it and what to do with it. Um, then you know, oh, well, actually, for the iOS app, we might want to do do this, but that probably won't work in Catalyst, so maybe we shouldn't. So it's not just about necessarily having a I'm going to use the word compromise, but that's probably too strong a word. Compromise Mac app, maybe. It might be actually that you have to make compromises in your iOS app 
when you're doing this as well. Now, it's very hard to know if that's just because it's, um, you know, very early beta and, you know, things just aren't there yet or whether it's because it's release one and things aren't there yet because there's a big difference. If it's early beta and we're going to get stuff as we go along, that's one thing. If we've got to wait till next year to see a bunch of stuff that's quite important, that is a totally different thing altogether. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're the reality is we shouldn't even be looking right now. We should give it another, you know, four to six weeks and let a few more betas come out and then make a decision. But uh, because we've you know got timelines and pressure to do, we just want to examine stuff. But it's um, I'm sure there's lots of people in the same position. And say Swift UI, the whole bunch of new stuff that's come out in um, beta 2, currently marked is not available on Mac OS. And some stuff that they demoed at the... Um, uh, at the conference, so I think uh, when they demoed, so for Form, for example, I think they did a demo of that that was on uh, tvOS and on iOS. But it, and they said this not in the current seeds, but as it's it is now in seed uh, the seed in beta two, but it's marked as iOS only and not available for tvOS. So I, I I get a sense there's a lot of work left to do here. So the been the big question is has the work been done and was just you know discovered that it has some kind of fatal flaws in one of its implementation on one of the platforms so they just kind of like turned it off for something or or are they still working on stuff I mean you know you you posited and it must be that that they've been working on this for let's say three four years at least um, it, it still comes down to the question it's like how come I'm still tantalized by by the thought of how complex an app has been built in the in the most inner inner sanctums of apple um or whether they just think that they just by building clever building blocks they get that going then and then then they'll see what what the rest of the world creates and let it let it you know simmer for another you know actual release in in the world before they start building apps i mean even though they've been building it a long time i mean it's going to be release one it's going to not be feature complete. I mean, and, and the question is how complete is it going to be? So, for example, we saw, you know, it, it, we saw the, the list views with the slide to delete was a demo that came up again and again at WWDC. You know, we have no idea yet. I mean, okay, maybe there is. Nothing we have seen has given us any idea. Is it going to support drag and drop? Um, at this stage or is that not coming because obviously you know um, one of the you know drag and drop is pretty vital to many parts of an interface and if it's not going to be supported then you need to avoid swift ui for those bits for now um i suspect it's going to end up being used a lot in pop-up panels and um slide in side editors and that type of thing mm. uh for this first release with the main stuff still being done in collection views and table views of the appropriate platforms uh, and really not probably supporting that fully till next year that would be that would be my um uh thoughts that's probably going to happen um is it going to make it into ui for um uh, ui kit for mac at all don't know don't know there i mean and that, that that's a big difference as well um that could you know if people want to if you go for you UI kit for Mac, you've got to do iOS 13 and Catalina uh, 10, 15, I think. Uh, I think you've got to do for both. You've definitely got to do for Catalina anyway. Um, so that also means people might want to do Swift UI. If you're going to commit to that, you might as well 
be able to use SwiftUI as well. But if it then turns out that you can't use SwiftUI in UIKit for Mac, is that going to, you know, what route are people going to take? Is that going to stop people doing the Mac app because they want to use SwiftUI more because they're mainly iOS developers and they see that as their future? Um, in which case that makes UIKit for Mac possibly not as successful as Apple wanted and how far it goes or does it become the next garbage collection? It just is. We're very early stages. It's very exciting. It's been a huge WWDC, but you know, I think um, there are, any decision being made, especially right now at this stage of the betas, is a high-risk decision if you're locking yourself into it. So we're trying to hover around the edges, but you know, it comes at some point of how much of the summer do we allow to disappear without committing on stuff. Yeah. Do you think eventually use of DrawRect will be criminalized? Maybe not criminalized, but you may have a slightly, you may be considered, you know, slightly undesirable Deviant. smelly. <laughs> yeah, you'll be, you'll be like the person who comes into the room with, um, you know, particularly bad body odor and people do their best to avoid you. <laughs> <laughs> you know that experience, don't you, John? Uh, well, yes. When you walked into the room last week, I thought, there's a man who draws Rect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a reason you make me sleep near the window when i stay at your place <laughs> <laughs> and i thought you were just providing me some fresh san francisco air yeah exactly let the <laughs> fog roll in and clarify things yes yeah, so i mean I, i'm guessing you know it could get very boring you could have now the next five six seven weeks of me uh sat here saying oh okay we don't know what we're doing yet um and i suspect you're a lot of people the good news is it's been uh it you know, we were all sat there saying last year they did two weekly betas. New betas came out on a two weekly basis, roughly a um, little bit longer at the end. I think the last one was three weeks and it's been about two weeks and we got a new beta on Monday. So um, at least if Apple are heading for that deadline again, we will every couple of weeks and we'll know how progress is going as opposed to having you know, massive drops every four to six weeks. You know, Little drops every couple of weeks will be will be good. Mm. of course downloading well it's not the downloading of xcode i mean the seven gig or whatever it is of xcode on modern um uh modern broadband and you know, whatever is uh uh is a pretty quick download i think you know the primarily reason primarily reason the primary reason that uh, apple have designed the mac pro is to try and get something that can expand xcode when it for <laughs> zip, zip format in something less than about 20 minutes <laughs> i mean let's let's spend twenty seven thousand dollars so that every two weeks i can get xcode to unzip in four minutes instead of 27 oh god i think that there's somebody's gonna if that hasn't already happened if, if, if anybody used tumblr anymore i think that would be a great thing for you know i got my mac pro and look what i'm able to do now <laughs> Uh, yeah we could set up a bunch of servers and do uns and uh, actually i i think it could possibly be faster to have someone unzip it for you on a really fast machine and then download the fully unzipped version well on on your on your fiber because that is probably faster than the unzipping on a, a current macbook pro i mean i have a um top end 2018 macbook pro um with 32 gig of memory uh, I think I'm pretty sure I went for the i9 top end processor, um, and yeah, it still it still takes minutes and minutes and minutes to just un- unzip uh, the the Xcode download. Well, I mean that. So uh, my colleague Arik, Arik, if you're listening, hello Arik. Um, 
showed me a, a keyboard enclosure, and I forgot the name. I had Lord, I think was the name of it. What basically it, it looked very interesting is that you know it, it was quite a decent experience using a keyboard uh, and uh, for for adapted iPad apps. But the other thing too was was using a, what essentially is kind of like a remote screen for his Mac, and it actually worked rather well. I, I was kind of impressed. And so maybe the the other option for people who want to to deploy their their iPad apps onto Mac with less compromise is to kind of set up an iPad server and a video camera and and hire somebody <laughs> to kind of like you know a kind of mechanical Turk type thing even if it's done in software that you know, <laughs> it's like please put a window over here okay let me the let me the bits back over the wire and, and let me draw it again on this on the screen here you know that could be um that could be it yeah it's uh the stranger things have happened, mm. but there we are. There we are. So yeah, so that's uh, that's my. And of course, the other thing that's um, uh, I'm having a moan this week. This is this is the you know Scotty's moaning week. Just uh, well, just Scotty's week, I guess, moaning really. week. I'm trying to improve <laughs> our production volume, values. <laughs> well, no, this is serious. I'm sorry. I'll take this little side note, but I was listening to a much more produced podcast the other day, and it was all kind of it, it follows kind of similar form to like This American Life, where there's always lots of little musical swells and 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 vocal carrots, kind of where somebody explains again what somebody said or interjects to say, and now he's going to talk about this. So I think that it's my job to to add these little flourishes to up our production game. I can't be bothered to do this in an editing sweet much less can you so i just have to do it live so go ahead so that bit there that bit there should have just had a little bit first that said john's little sideline yes i was like and now for a moment of squirrel squirrel do you think our little um jingles are sounding a little bit too the same it's possible anyway what was i saying oh yes uh swift um Every version of Swift, they they change strings. It's like um, in how strings work or something about strings. And it would be fine if I actually understood any mm. of them. <laughs> it's I, I, For some reason, I mean, I, I understand them enough to do most things, but Swift strings just confuse the hell out of me all the time. I find myself having to always re- look up the documentation, remind myself how something should work. Um, which call am I supposed to be using this week? Am I? Uh, <laughs> how are how are um, how are ranges now working? Because we no longer do it by characters, or we now have range, or now, now we have string index or range of string index. And I know it's all. It's just. Uh, and then when you get into you know, dealing with it, it's just so it's um, yeah, it drives me mad. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. They keep saying, oh, it's settled down now, and then Swift Six will come along and they'll do something different. But um, you know, and I understand why the Swift five strings are. You know, it's all gone to UTF eight. Everything is uh, uh, everything is faster. Um, I think the I, I I could be wrong here. I don't really do internals. I think didn't Swift strings used to be UTF sixteen in order to make the bridging with NS string right because Coco's UTF sixteen, isn't it? It is. Yeah, whereas now Swift strings are all UTF-8, and they manage that. But, of course, if you've been doing any UTF-16 stuff, um, you now have to, you know, all that stuff has changed. And I get it. Strings are a lot faster, a lot, um, a lot, you know, uh, more compact and efficient and, and all the right things. But it just, you know, it it, it just feels a little too hard to me. Um, 
or maybe it's just I'm thick. Um, probably the second, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it just makes me feel whenever I have to come to do string manipulation, I think, oh, I better get a coffee first because this is going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so there we are. And then I make my coffee and forget what it was I was going to manipulate in the string anyway. Mm. So it's uh, so. Um, I guess are you still primarily? I, I mean, obviously, string and NS string bridge pretty seamlessly. Um, but uh, do you ever have any string issues with with what you're doing? Uh, no, but then that's because you know in my day to day I'm still happily using NS string, and then like I, as you're saying, it's like can they switch from UTF sixteen to to UTF eight? And I'm imagining you know the, the Derek Huffnell, whatever the character from Spinal Taps, like oh they lost off half our strings, <laughs> they went from sixteen <laughs> to eight. I'm about making things louder and wider. <laughs> so. They should go all the way to nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as it would be with UTF eight. <laughs> it's it's and the indexing is is one more. <laughs> so. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So there we are. So I'm, I'm just uh, I've had a, I've had a day of uh, manipulating strings and things not working properly. So it's uh, and and tomorrow I'll come down and uh, I'll come sit down to work and uh, so I'll look at it and I think. What are you doing, you fool? There's one call that just solves that and get get rid of all that code of the stuff you were doing, and, and it and it's done. There we are. Mm. Well, I used my my moments of 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 you know elder wisdom when I suggested that the final rewrite of of a tags view, uh, because we, tags are something that we experimented with a lot, um, and we ran a test where we were using tags that were tappable. And so if you're going to have tappable tags, you know, kind of a, one thinks, okay, well, I'll just use a button because a button gives you all that for free. But then you start having multi-lines of buttons, then you have to have a stack view to do it and it ends up being rather expensive. And then you find out that, you know, through testing that tags are somewhat useful, but they're not the be-all, end-all of things. And, and if, if something is not kind of visually evident as being tappable, people won't tap it. And so, uh, you know, and, and stack views are great. Now, stack views give and they take away, but stack views can, can cause you some performance headaches if you're using them in long scrolling views. You have to be very careful with it. And, and you can do some experiments and find out, you know, which is, uh, you know, is it better just to hide views or to move their width to zero? And, um, uh, and anyway, so I said when we were talking about it, it's like, well, okay, if it's just going to be a single line or if it's multiple line, if they don't need to be tapped and there's going to be, you know, even with some type of graphical character in between separating them, uh, and it's attributed string is magical and it's very fast and you'd have to figure that for, if nothing else, just to make books work or any word processor work, a lot of time is, is spent on optimizing, you know, runs of strings. And if you can make things work with strings, all the better. That is a word from the wise old man. It is, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> what else? Well, speaking of wisdom, I don't know. I can include this in the show notes, but I, my my sister sent me an article which I found actually quite interesting in the Atlantic, which talks about the you know uh, comparing different careers. You know, whether you're an Olympic athlete or a lawyer or you know an engineer, kind of or or professor, when do you reach peak capability? And it kind of depends on what you're doing. Uh, and they make references to kind of fluid knowledge versus kind of you know earned knowledge. 
Um, so it's kind of like the difference between knowledge and wisdom. It's like knowledge is when you can just pack, pack, pack things in and you spend your earlier years while you're in school just acquiring lots of knowledge and then you go out and try to implement it. And then, you know, if you're lucky or you just, you know, put in 25 hours a day, you may kind of hit on something and you might kind of achieve a certain level of peak skill. Um, and then he compares that to, to say, kind of a French horn player, somebody who who had kind of dreamed of 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 uh, you know working you know getting one of the coveted seats as a soloist in a major philharmonic and and then she's discovered much to her sadness that after 21 i think it was she she not only did she stop progressing she actually was going backwards and so this is something that she dreamed of doing since she was you know a young child and had to make the decision oh, i better go and do something else and she took correspondence course reinvented her career um, and then they talked about you know professors who seem to have happiness uh, because they their their mental as long as their mental faculties remain, which they they typically can, they they meet, meet you know reach their their peak skills at sixty five and seventy and eighty, and it's actually a problem for universities where they need to get rid of of professors who are taking up budget spots that might be redirected by 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 younger you know faculty members who might be doing research. So it was an interesting look at at all these different you know uh, comparisons, but it 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 made me think about software because we we talked about it last episode where you know, you can kind of see the te- tectonic plates of people who have devoted significant portions of their career to mastering a, a certain, you know, environment, uh, and then, then they have to change it. And you kind of, after, after some point, you kind of realize, am I tired of doing this? Or is it just, you know, yet another, 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 you know, wave to surf like the other ones that one has done? Yeah, I think I peaked about 22 years ago. Possibly. <laughs> it's been all, down, all downhill ever since. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's hard. Okay, I mean, going to the age thing now, my brain definitely doesn't work as well as it did ten years ago. Um, so when I when I'm trying to solve something, yeah, maybe if I was ten years younger or twenty years younger, swift strings wouldn't be so darn confusing to me. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, as you just said, you know, I after doing this job for thirty, however many years, um, that I've been doing it, or something close to that anyway um it's you know i have wisdom about certain things so sometimes i don't have to work as hard in my brain because i already have a whole bunch of foundations and building blocks so it's really hard to say when you're at your peak because yes my ability to sit down and work out a complex algorithm based around something is probably slower than it used to be but my ability to decide whether I should even be bothering to do that algorithm or not <laughs> is probably a lot better than it used to be. So um, I think it's it's yeah I think it's hard to say that you know what 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 is your peak in this sort of thing. I believe in in anything that helps you confidently be lazy is when you're you know a, you're at peak use of your powers. Whether you're at the peak of your career, but I think that is the 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 peak of your powers. All right, Sam then. Because it means I don't have to edit the podcast. Mm, exactly. <laughs> Sam, you put me at the peak of my powers. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should avoid a slow decline or even a fast decline for this episode. Um, Scotty, if people want to kind of tell you that you're just, you know, to tell you to get off their lawn, where might they do that on the Internet? Oh, they could tell me that I'm peaking. Mm. 
Right. Um, they, they could do that. It's, uh, on, on Twitter is MacDevNet or on Micro.blog is Scotty. Or, of course, they can tell us both what they think by sending an email to Scotty at iDeveloper. No, not Scotty, because that will only come to me. Feedback at iDeveloper.co. <laughs> See? Senile. Totally senile. <laughs> well, then we need to have senile at iDeveloper.co. <laughs> I'll make sure it gets set up. <laughs> and John, if people want to um, get a hold of you to say, go wake up granddad over there, <laughs> what should they be doing? Uh, well, they can find me on Twitter where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Nice and simple. Well, sir, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. I hope you have a great week. I will. And um, uh, next week, I look forward to you having loads of things to tell us about. I will probably have more that I can talk about back then. In fact, I know I will have more that I can talk about. Something fun is happening on Monday, but I'll have to wait until Wednesday to tell you all about it. Well, there we are, folks. You've heard it here first. John is having fun mm. on Monday, <laughs> and he will tell you he will tell you about it on Wednesday. I bet you all can't wait, can you? Shut up, people! They, I'm not talking to you anymore. People, when they get to hear about it, they'll John. It will be the highlight of my week, as always. All right, fine. Thank you. That's I, more I like... Live ver- I live a very sheltered life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show, assuming John's recorded it. <laughs> Until next time, you take care. <laughs> All right, can I safely press stop now?